Welcome to the Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters podcast. Here you will find a safe space to learn and grow with leaders in education, disability studies, disability advocacy, and diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations. Specifically, we look at how disability fits into diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to frame disability awareness in the context of educating K-12 communities. This podcast serves educators, parents, and community members who strive to learn and or teach about disability in a research-based and respectful way. Moving beyond simple awareness and diving into inclusive and socially responsive conversations. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's go beyond awareness. I'm so excited to have my friend and colleague, Dr. Suzanne Stoltz with us here today. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So Suzanne, would you introduce yourself? Tell us your story and why you're passionate about bringing disability studies into education. I am a disabled woman who um, grew up with my disability. And um, I grew up in a small community where I really stood out as being different um, among my peers and among my siblings. And I had a really great childhood. Um, And I was always interested in becoming a teacher. But I, in, in that, I was also, I also experienced a lot of things that were really uncomfortable and, you know, emotionally painful (laughs) Um, as a child who who felt like I was misunderstood a lot. And so as I got through school, I decided I wanted to be a teacher. I kind of had the sense that I would do that for a long time, but I really kind of had the idea that I was going to teach people to understand disability differently than than what I saw in my community, what I saw in my community. And uh, the way I thought I would do it, I think was quite different than, than how things have rolled out and how I've actually done it. And one of the one of the things that I think happened was um, as a child, I very much wanted to separate myself from special education. And anytime I had anything to do with special education, I was really uncomfortable. And um, so I, I distanced myself from it. And when I became a teacher, I became a general education teacher, mainly because I, I thought I needed to separate myself. And it wasn't until later on that I I learned ways to really bring what I wanted to do together with folks who work in special education. That's kind of where where I started my thinking about all of this. And where are you now? What do you do? So um, now I am a professor of education um, at the University of San Diego. And um, I get to work with pre-service teachers and in-service teachers, uh, mainly teaching courses related to disability studies and education, and also related to other um, forms of diversity, equity, um, social justice in schools. 
you mentioned disability studies and education, and I'd really like for us to focus on that for some teachers who have been in teaching for a while and have never heard it, and even newer teachers who've never heard of the term disability studies and education. And I want to read the purpose from the American Educational Research Association's website. It says the DSE, Disability Studies and Education Special Interest Group, purpose. The mission of the Disability Studies and Education, SIG, Special Interest Group, is to promote the understanding of disability from a social model perspective, drawing on social, cultural, historical, discursive, philosophical, literary, aesthetic, artistic, and other traditions to challenge medical, scientific, and psychological models of disability as they relate to education. Okay, now that's a lot to absorb all at once, but I'm wondering if you can put that in layman's terms. What is disability studies in education and how is that different from special education? Yeah, so you listed off a whole lot of different areas that um, feed into disability studies in education. And one of the things about disability studies is that it is interdisciplinary. And so whereas historically, people have thought about disability really in terms of medicine or in terms of impairment, uh, disability studies in education really flips it and says, wait a minute, this is also about how we interact with people, how the world interacts with us. So of course, it is social, it is cultural, it is political, it is um, aesthetic, I think is one of the terms you use. So it's part of art, it's part of culture, um, and it really shapes the way uh, people think. So, so DSE, really is a way of shifting saying, wait a minute, there's so much more for us to think about here than just what happens in terms of a person's body <laughs> and the way, you know, their, their body operates. Mm. So um, special education um, really came out of a need that folks with disabilities were not being included in schools. They were not being um, served in schools. And so there was legislation to say, actually now we are going to have this thing called special education to make sure that um, students with disabilities are served, right? And so, but a lot of training and a lot of what went into special education really came from a medical model thinking about how we can accommodate people, how can we help uh, students who are outside the norms fit the norms, do what is normal. And disability studies really makes us think a little bit differently, question what those norms are <laughs> and mm -hmm. why we ascribe to those norms mm -hmm. and really, push the boundaries, um, bringing art in, giving us different ways to think about how the world could work, how people can function in different ways, what social interactions can look like. That's kind of in a nutshell how I think about the differences really 
uh, thinking about the cultural and, and, and the social pieces of people's lives. Thank you. That was re- really helpful. So when you are with your students in your teacher education classes, what do you stress with them? What, how is what you teach them in teacher prep programs different from what is normally taught in special education teacher prep programs? Yeah, um, I guess what I do is I tend to ask people what their experience has been and who they know or what what personal experience they have with disability. So they really start to look at what their own conceptions of it are. So I think think a, a lot of what I do is about relationships and part of that is uh, bringing in the voices of more disabled people, right? Often um, within special education, there are experts, there are doctors or there are psychologists or there are special education teachers who speak for disabled people. And so in the courses I teach, I tend to really draw from the voices of people with firsthand experience and get people to think about what what those experiences are and how they might differ from from the traditional ways that we've been taught about disability. And when you bring in people to speak in your classes, people who are disabled, what is it that they focus on? Are they focusing on their impairment? you know, what's different about their body or their mind, or is it something else that they're focusing on? Yeah, I think it's more about uh, focusing on what their experience has been in general, how they feel that they have been a part of classes they've been in, how they've been a part of their own families or their own communities, um, or how they felt like they haven't been part of of their own communities. Um, so I, I think if people do wanna share about their impairments, of course, they can share that experience. But um, I really think uh, giving people a chance to get to know um, disabled folks on a deeper level without it just being about what's different, mm-hmm. um, is really what's important. And, you know, you mentioned bringing people in. Some of it is bringing people in and some of it is reading the works that so many disabled scholars have done um, to really, that really, really push at a lot of the issues that, you know, have been talked about within disability studies for the last 30 or 40 years, but are still not mainstream and so find that in in classes and and with teachers a lot of folks haven't had access to to this content knowing who disabled artists are yes and um so that's something i think that uh, surprises and really excites uh mm-hmm. teachers because <laughs> i think teachers want to see potential in all of their students and um, if they haven't seen models for how, how that works within disability communities, um, it's really helpful for them to get models. Absolutely. So you're talking about really 
amplifying the voices, the messages, the art, the music, the whatever people who are disabled, who have the lived disability experience, you're bringing that into your classroom in a variety of formats and giving your students the opportunity to really get to know people on a deeper level. Yes, that's right. So when you do that, I know you touched on this a little bit. Are there any examples of the impact that doing this has had on your students, on your adult teacher ed students? A couple that I can think of. For one, I'll talk about um, students who are, uh, yes, I say students, but a lot of them now are teachers, right? Mm -hmm. So I have kept in contact with some teachers who really bring this thinking to their K-12 um, schools, meaning that they choose to read books with their students that include disability experience in which they talk about the characters in books and their experiences. Um, this is very different than what I, I remember as a student. Um, I can point to a lot of um, books or, or stories that we read that involved disabled characters, but we never talked about it. It was just like it was there and there was silence. You don't talk about, oh, this character in The Glass Menagerie had a disability, and why was she socially isolated? Instead, you read the story and, and, you, and you question what, what her mother was doing. Wait a minute, what was going on with this character? So teachers um, who have had disability studies and education are actually bringing the questions are they're changing you know whose pers whose perspective we're actually looking at whose perspective is important mm. um and who whose voices can actually be heard so that's one example another example though is um students who have come into my class having um grown up with a disability, but never felt comfortable claiming that as part of their identity. And mm. because they grew up in a system of special education in which it was all about, well, we're going to make accommodations and we'll do this quietly. And, you know, you can fit right in with your peers. Um, but they had not had an opportunity to hear about disability in an asset-based way. Mm. And so I've had a number of students who have, after a few weeks of, of engaging with this content, coming and saying, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about because I have this experience. Yes. Um, and, and for some, that's really exciting. And for others, it's kind of you know, scary, like, whoa, <laughs> I'm learning something here about myself that I, I haven't confronted or I haven't been allowed to confront before. Mm. Um, and I guess when I, I say scary, what I mean is that some students have experienced kind of a coming out experience. Yes. It's like, wait a minute, it, it, is it safe to tell you that I've had this experience. So um, I find that really exciting. Yes. Um, and especially 
because these are folks who are going to go into classrooms and are really going to um, change the way their students think about disability. And they'll be able to be models in schools. I mean, that's something that we have given very little focus uh, to is where are the models of disabled adults in the in K-12 schools? Yeah, and that speaks to what you were talking about earlier is who gets to determine what's normal, right? And if you have the models of people who are people in authority, people who are educators, um, people who are decision makers, who have voices at the table and voices that matter, then you have that, that, that empowered model for yourself to not, not have it be so scary, right. To come out to, right. to embrace your disability experience. Right. You know, it, it makes me think too, Diana, about, um, my first experience with disability studies in education. Um, I was a high school teacher and I had experienced some employment discrimination related to disability. And I happened to be looking at a magazine around that time and I found um, an invitation to apply to an NEH um, Institute for teachers that was about integrating disability studies into humanities content mm. in K-12 schools. Nice. What's NEH? I'm sorry to interrupt. NEH is National Endowment for the Humanities. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And so as a high school teacher, I applied to that and I just thought, how exciting is this? Like I've been I've been experiencing discrimination and this description kind of talks as if these people know something about that. And um, so I was accepted to this and went to this five-week institute that was hosted by some um, disability studies scholars who are really well-known, Linda Ware, uh, David Mitchell, and Sharon Snyder. And so they hosted this in Chicago and there were 20 some teachers invited to this from across the country. And we were given so many different texts to read, uh, things that are part of, um, some, some that are part of our curriculum, but aren't always talked to, talk, spoken to in, in the ways that disability studies ask questions. And so I remember reading these things and learning like, hearing other people articulate some of the things I had been feeling and I never really had the words to say or the words to, you know, why it, why does this particular thing bother me or why am I so drawn to issues around this? And, and all of a sudden it just really clicked and I thought, oh my gosh, this is something I can talk about this is something, you know, I had for a long time not talked about my disability experience because I had seen that it wasn't something that was valued. And so in this new context, I realized there was so much valuable there and so much valuable about what I knew and um, what, I, what I had experienced. So what do you think? think I you had you said 
I can, I can talk about this. I can speak about this. What about those teachers out there listening or family members out there listening who want to, to have these conversations, but they're not sure that they're having them the right way. You know, they're, they're not sure that they're equipped. What can they do to better immerse themselves in disability studies concepts? Yeah, I think um, there are some resources now that are really um, great for beginning to learn about this. One of the resources that I, I would love to talk about is a resource that I've been working with some uh, colleagues to put together, and it's a website. One of the projects that I get to do in my job is to do a summer institute for teachers who want to become leaders for inclusion at their school sites. And this program is called the Johnson Fellows Program. But through that work, what we found was that for the time of being in the program, folks would come in and they'd get really excited about disability studies work. And then they would go back to their schools and want to look for more and they'd search online and find pretty much everything was special education related. And so uh, we created a website and it's called Teacher Leaders for Inclusion. And what we've included on this site are some learning modules for teachers. Um, we have included a whole lot of resources as far as um, artists and for, as far as disabled dancers, disabled poets, um, a lot of, um, links to exploring um, that world, disability culture. Um, it also has some uh, sample lesson plans that folks have been creating and we're, we're just really starting to build a repository of lessons um, done by teachers who are, who are using the tenets of disability studies and education. So, and then there's also some um, short stories about work that teachers are doing. So I think that's one way um, to get started. Um, and I think other ways it's really just to be open to having conversations with uh, disabled folks in your own community, finding out what's important to them, finding out what, um, what their experience has been, finding out what their hopes are, what their dreams are, what what a better world would look like for them. Yeah. Um, so those what, are, what would an accessible world look like right? for them, having access to all the things that we all want for our right? own quality? Yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Suzanne. So how can people reach you? I know you said that you have the Teacher Leaders for Inclusion website. Is there... Yes, give yes. us that, address, that website is, address. Yes, uh, do you want me to say that? Yeah, Just say that and I'll okay. put it in the show notes as well. Okay, so that site is www.lead, the number four, inclusion.com. So it's leadforinclusion.com. Great. Is there any other... Um, so other um, places that you can reach me, I have a Facebook group uh, that I started when I began uh, teaching teachers, and it is called Teachers for Inclusion. 
learning about disability culture. And um, I, I have a group of about 300 teachers who are interested in this so far. And we share resources with each other and folks ask questions. And um, as a community, we, we respond to each other. Wonderful. Any last words of wisdom, Suzanne? No, thank you so much for this opportunity. Really great to talk to you. And um, I'm excited to find out if there are uh, teachers out there who want to connect and learn more. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters. If this was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also follow me, Diana, on Instagram at Diana Pastora Carson and on Facebook at facebook.com slash gobeyondawareness or you can go to my website for more information at dianapastoracarson.com. My books include Beyond Awareness, Bringing Disability into Diversity Work in K-12 Schools and Communities, as well as my children's book, Ed Roberts, Champion of Disability Rights. They can both be found on Amazon. For your free Beyond Awareness resource called The Five Keys to Going Beyond Awareness, simply go to gobeyondawareness.com keys. This podcast transcription and podcast guest information can be found in the show notes. Intro and outro music has been provided courtesy of Emmanuel Castro. Thank you again for joining me. Be well, be a lifelong learner, and let's be inclusive. See you next time. Manos arriba.